Hello, welcome to episode 144 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, with me today is Fong. Let's actually have him introduce himself first. Oh yes, hello. This is Fong. Um, if you notice that I do sound different, um, you are very, you have very good ears. Uh, I am actually coming to you from my phone today because my fucking computer won't work <laughs> uh, properly. I've kind of tried to nail it down to certain issues. I think we're getting closer to a resolution soon, but as it stands right now, I'm going to be recording on my phone. And if you're wondering, I'm using a wired Apple Apple earphones. Yes, that that was once a thing before AirPods. Yet there was a time where we didn't have AirPods, and I am using a wired headphones. And you know, from what Fong has told me, I sound okay. Uh, I, I guess. I mean, I guess we'll have to see once you uh, start. Um, I guess uh, editing. I guess so many okay. I guesses. Well, hopefully it works because this is going to be a pretty long episode and uh, going to be talking for a bit. And if we can't use this audio file, I'm going to be a little angry, angrier than I already am because my, my fucking Internet doesn't work. Well, have we concluded it was your Internet or is it your computer? <laughs> Let's not spend too much time on that. We'll, yeah. I'll, I'll figure it out and then I'll and then I'll turn it into a story on the next episode. Anyways. Uh, so a lot has happened. Uh, we actually meant to record um, yesterday after the game, but it was getting a little bit late and your boy has to go to work. And also, uh, again, my computer was fucked up. So um, anyways, we're recording this right now and stuff has happened. So the Kings, uh, let, let's start. Let's start here. So the Kings actually had a players only meeting after the embarrassing loss against the Raptors. Now, no details were shared about it, but apparently the details that did come out was that it was very emotional, to say the least. Um, and look, and you know, from judging from the game and on Washington, it seemed to have an effect. Yeah, I mean, you could really tell that the offense kind of picked up real well, especially the passing. My gosh, I haven't, I haven't seen passing in uh, like consistently throughout the game, pretty much. And also some defense, but we'll get to that. We will break that down into a little more detail, but overall, it looked like the Kings played better. There was a bit more connectivity, but we will get to that. However, the news that came out the next day, I think it was the same day as the as the game. Alvin Gentry tested positive for COVID-19. Now, I don't I've, actually let me look it up. I believe he is 60, 68. So he, he definitely is within the kind of age range where it's pretty where it's very concerning to say the least, if they get COVID. He's 67. So Alvin Gentry, um, the news came out that he tested positive for COVID. He has had the vaccine. It, w it wasn't clarified, uh, or he's fully vaccinated. It wasn't clarified if he got the booster or not, but um, he his only symptom, he says, is that he has a scratchy throat. So, you know, that that news came out. Everyone wished him good luck. And of course, we here at Sack Kings Therapy wish, you know, um, Alvin to make a full speedy recovery. Um, and also that Doug Christie was going to coach instead. Yeah, very interesting because, you know, we've seen, you know, uh, those messages on, you know, Reddit and Twitter saying that, you know, Doug should have been the coach. But, you know, let's hope Alvin gets better soon and hopefully he'll be back on the court. Yes, it was apparently a discussion between him, hit, um, Del Christie, and Mike Lombardi. And, 
you know, ultimately they went with Doug and we'll, we'll get to what he did, but you know, he seemed to embrace the challenge and I think he did a pretty good job overall. There, there are some stuff I will go over, but um, we'll, we'll get to that when it's time. Um, another note I'd like to just add in there. Um, so at the beginning of the season, it, it, it wasn't specified which players, but all of the all staff had been have been fully vaccinated. And, but there were three players or the, the wording was that all except for three players were unvaccinated at the beginning of the season. Now, of course, that could have changed by now. And we don't know who's vaccinated or who's not, but it's kind of presumed that pretty much I think everyone is vaccinated. There may be a, a player on the team that is not vaccinated, but we don't have any details on that. So we'll, we won't devolve. We won't talk about that too much. But then more news came out. Marvin, uh, ba- Marvin Bagley was uh, basically entering into health and safety protocols. And and then later, right, basically right before the game, TD was also out in health and safety protocols. And those two were basically scratched from the game. And they and there has been there hasn't been an update on their status just yet. But it is probably safe to assume they will also miss the game against Memphis. I see. Well, too bad we don't see too much Marvin anyway, because, you know, we don't give that many minutes to him. But TD was a starter um, for the Kings, and in his place, we had Davion Mitchell. Okay, yeah, let's uh, let's actually not jump. We're actually going to jump ahead for a little bit. We're actually going to jump. We're actually going to jump to today's news, because I want to get all this out of the way before we actually start reviewing the game. So uh, De'Aaron Fox uh, today was announced that he had entered health and safety protocols. Alex Len and Louis King all have been announced to be in health and safety protocols. It is it is important to distinguish. It does not mean they have the coronavirus. It does not mean they contracted COVID, but it does, but it does kind of mean like they, they might do have done some contract tr- contact tracing or like they were close to the, per- the people that have uh, tested positive. The way for them to get out of health and safety protocols is to re- register, I believe, two negative PCR tests. So today, Malik Monk, uh, he, wa- he was put in health and safety pr- protocols yesterday, but he's actually been cleared to play Friday, just like I think today, because he registered two negative uh, PCR tests. So um, Fox, Len, Fox and Len are actually listed as doubtful for tomorrow's game. King is straight up out, so that might be a little different, but there is still a chance that um, Fox and Lynn could play. And another kind of doubtful person on the injury report is uh, Rashawn Holmes, because he he had a procedure done on his eye for a laceration of his eyeball. So I'm just going to guess he's not going to play. <laughs> Honestly, I don't mm-hmm. think he should play unless he's going to be wearing goggles. He better be wearing goggles the next time he plays. But as it stands right now, worst case scenario, um, uh, Halliburton and Metsu have also been listed as questionable. So worst case scenario, the Kings have nine players without Halliburton and Metsu, Fox Len, and, uh, and Louis King, and Rashawn Holmes, and Marvin, and T. <laughs> so that's still that's still plenty of players. They still have nine players, but that's the worst case scenario. Best case scenario, of course, all these guys can play. But that, that is more than probably not likely. <laughs> um, and the uh, last thing I want to talk about is, uh, so 68 players total have uh, entered health and safety protocols. I believe the Bulls are basically down to the guy down at the 24-hour fitness and the other guy from LA fitness. 
uh, down for the roster at this point and a few G League guys. And uh, what else? I think New, New York, I believe, had RJ Barrett and the RJ Barrett, uh, Obi Toppin. And uh, I think I think most of the Nets have been decimated as well. Like it, it's it's ravaging across the across the league right now. And you know, it's very it's a it's a strong reminder that uh, the coronavirus is not over, unfortunately. Yeah, that's unfortunate indeed. And you know, it's it's about that. You know, I guess you could say season where Corona kind of spikes back up because you, yeah, you know. Hopefully, we get over this hump, another hump. And so the good news is, you know, most a lot of people, more people are vaccinated because there is a vaccine now. So like the, you know, you 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 can still contract COVID, but the likeliness of you ending in severe conditions are a lot lower. And you know, even with Omicron, I know um, there's a lot of fear about Omicron right now. And I'm not gonna sit here and try to be like do- be a doctor, but you know, if, if you do have if you do have like I think two doses of the vaccine, you are you do have some resistance to Omicron. I believe the if you get the third shot, you have a very strong resistance against Omicron. That's what I've heard so far. I'm not I am not a doctor. I'm just letting you know. But uh, overall, I I'm I'm guess I'm somewhat confident that you know this wave won't be as bad as you know last christmas you know where a bunch of people ended up in the hospital and a bunch and there was a huge spike in cases there might still be a spike in cases i don't think it'll be as severe and also i don't think like as you know i hopefully that the the hospitals will not be overfilled to the brink again yes let's hope so okay finally lost in all this there was a game that happened <laughs> uh, against the Washington Wizards at the Golden One Center. Uh, the the Kings win going away 119 to 105 after a late uh, fourth quarter explosion where they basically just handled the uh, the struggling uh, Washington Wizards. I believe they had lost six of seven up to this point, and yeah, they're not they're not doing very well right now, unfortunately. Uh, no, they are not. But you know, we weren't doing so well either because coming from a was it free game Wall Street, so a win's a win, I guess you could say. You know, win is a win. Wise words. So um, to go over the game, it was a good game from the Kings. Like they struggled for stretches. They kind of went. They kind of had some issues. Like you know, the, there were signs of like you know the struggling Kings this game. Like you know, not getting a lot of good shots. The defense was eh to say the least but like they were able to actually fight back they went down 12 at one point was i think the biggest lead that the wizards ever got and uh, instead of kind of laying down those were the moments where you know in the past three games they would just kind of lay down or the past two games to be fair the charlotte hornets game was competitive uh but like they went down 12 and me and you were like oh here we go this is where they're gonna fold and the lead's gonna go to 20 and they'll never threaten again but instead, they they showed fight. By the end of basically, um, they would they, they would trail they would start trailing by eight or ten or twelve. But then towards the end of the quarter, they start making plays. They they managed they show fight. They managed to cut into those leads, and by the end of the quarter, they were able to basically weather the storm and get back on track. After every 
you know, after every kind of run the wizards will make, the kings would actually fight back. And ultimately, in the fourth quarter, they basically they managed to put together a, a number of stops and also score on the other end. And one of the big, you know, I guess contributors was Harrison Barnes. He finally kind of grew out of his funk. He hit one three and, you know, the relief on his face, his body language. So, you know, the, the was it the weight of the world was lifted off his shoulders in that moment. And then he just started attacking. He started drawing fouls and basically set the foundation for everyone else to kind of do their thing. But also, you know, one thing me and you both noticed, like there was a little bit more movement on offense. Yeah, definitely moving in offense because, you know, we're used to seeing pretty much ISO ball for uh, for most of the fourth quarters uh, this season, last season. I don't know how many seasons, who knows. But uh, yeah, some movement and also there's some plays that, I mean, some actually, you know, didn't go through, but, you know, most actually did, especially during that four. Like, this is the thing I noticed about it. So one of the things I always hear about why Buddy Heal plays, and Buddy Heal was in this lineup, and which, so basically the floor was finally spaced. I don't know how they managed to do it, but it might, hell, it might just be the Wizards, like being a little bit, being a little bit of a funk, but like you look at how they, I, they still went ISO in the fourth. It wasn't like, you know, pure, like, you know, beautiful game Spurs or Warriors. Like, they still went ISO, but when they attacked, there was no help, and they just went, and, like, Davion would get a layup, Halliburton would, would get his, you know, patented floater, like, De'Aaron would get, like, right to the rim. There's something about how they were running it, and I don't know if this is a Dove um, influence or, like, maybe the offense is finally kind of coming into form, but, like, even though it was iso ball, they still spaced the floor, floor pop properly, Jesus Christ, and, yeah, they were able to attack and score. Yeah, with all the credit to Doug also, but, you know, maybe something did happen during that uh, Kings meeting or the players meeting uh, that, you know, kind of sparked the team a little. Yeah, so, like, I have it here as, like, is this a Doug influence? Is this, a, you know, the players-only meeting that, you know, gave them a, what, what will likely be a temporary boost, but we'll see if they can maintain this? Or is it this, or is it, like, finally they're starting to figure it out? Because in reality, to me, like, the offense wasn't that different, although there was one thing I will note. Like, there was a, a moment where I noticed, like, so the Kings would kind of get stuck usually a lot of times throwing the ball around the perimeter, just kind of passing it back and forth and nothing really happens. Or like, no one gets any penetration, no nothing. One adjustment that they made is that Alex Len would flash the free throw line and they would pass it to him. And then Alex Len would pass it to the guy, pass it to another guy on the perimeter. And then they would go into a pick and roll. Now, on paper, that kind of just sounds very vanilla. There's not much difference to it. But for whatever reason, that diagonal angle created kind of an opening. So that was one thing I, I noticed. I don't know. Again, is that a Doug influence? Is it the offense finally figuring itself out? Is it the players finally figuring something out? We won't know until we get a bigger sample size. But as it, as it was right now, there, is, there, is sign of, there are signs of hope of, of improvement 
And, you know, of course, another factor could be just the wizards are kind of shit. <laughs> <That's> yeah. like, <laughs> that, that is a very real possibility. Um, but otherwise, this was a good a good game. Like, they finally kind of showed some heart, showed some fight. They won some 50-50 balls, for crying out loud. And, yeah, it was a good win overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's hope this keeps up. And, you know, it's still, I mean, it's a little more deeper into the season now. But, you know. There's still a big chance, and our standing right now, I believe you said we're still in the 10th, right? Yes, we are actually one game ahead of the Blazers, which tells you how bad the Blazers have been. They've lost, I think, 10 of 11, which is pretty insane. Jeez. Um, and, um, yeah, we're one game ahead of... Uh, let me just check. This is off the top of my head. We're one. I know we're one game ahead of the Blazers. I think we're one game ahead of the Spurs, too. So like it's not so the bottom of the West is kind of catching up, but like yeah so we're one and a half games behind Minnesota right now who's kind of rediscovering their mojo a little bit after I think a five game losing streak, and you know we're four games away from the sixth seed and we are two and a half games out of the eighth seed, so the West is kind of, is definitely a little bit worse this year and you never know like we could like honestly, so the thing with this is that the Alvin Gentry era. We've been five and six. Now, the reason why we might think like we might that we might think that we're a lot worse is because the losses have been really bad losses, and like that kind of maybe clouds the fact that this team very likely is just a 500 basketball team under under Alvin Gentry, and that this might be what we stay the rest of the rest of the way, and you know. For all we know, honestly, if this this game, this team ends up with like say 37, 39 wins, that just might land you in the 10th spot, anyways. Oh, I guess we shall see. Yeah, well, we got to see how this the West plays out. Because the West is kind of a little bit worse this year, just because of a lot of the weirdness and the injuries, and the Lakers are just Lakers like have a weird mix. Clippers don't have Kawhi. Memphis is fourth right now and 18 and 11 without Jaw, mind you. Like you know, there are there are signs that a lot of these teams' successes kind of build on. A house of cards if you will like they could kind of have us have a drop off at some point you never know oh yeah okay well let's uh one more thing i want to quickly talk about man I, we this is the first time we've seen the wizards all year and you know you know me i've been a huge proponent i guess or i've been very salty about the botched kuzma and harold trade <laughs> sacramento mm-hmm I've been a huge. I've been ta- I've been talked about that a lot, and it's is another reason to hate the Lakers. And it's I love it how it's kind of blowing up in their face. I mean, they're they're what sixteen and twelve. They're sixteen and thirteen, so they're doing fine for the most part. But like to see the rusting kind of basically not really work at all is wondrous. Is it's a wonderful thing. But back to Kuzma and Harold. Like Harold was good this game. He was the only one in a pl- positive, in positive plus minus on the team. He was a plus three. Everyone else was negative. Like Harold, I definitely would love on this team, and I guarantee you, Sacramento would have absolutely loved this man. 
Oh yeah, most definitely. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was, in, I was, a, I was, a, yeah, most definitely. He, he seemed like he was going for the kill, pretty much every single possession he had. I mean, there was that one close to coast he had that just, oh, mm, yeah. He one. basically sent Damian Jones back to the bench on that one. That's basically <laughs> what happened. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, Kuzma on the other hand was. I, I mean, I can't really sugarcoat it. Like, granted, he might have played some good defensive. He might have had some good defensive plays that I wasn't paying attention to. But like on offense, he was a mess. And granted, he just came from uh, um, health and safety protocol, so that might have an effect on his play as well. But he was not good. Like, jacked up bad shots. Like, he was definitely off rhythm. Cause like you see, like nowadays, like you never see players like take shots like from the what do we call the dead zone like right in front of the three-point line or on the three-point line or like you know a toe on the three-point line he shot a m- multiple shots like right on those the dead zone like multiple times it looked like he was trying to go for a step back three or maybe a pull-up three but just weirdly ended up in that dead zone and i just think he was a little bit off rhythm and his shots like they were all like bricks, like long bricks. So like that's kind of why I thought I'm thinking like he probably tried to step back three as opposed to step back long two. But he was off and like yeah, he was not good this game at all. And it's one of those things where like maybe I was a little higher on Kuzma than you know most people. Uh, I guess we'll see about him. But he did attribute three rebounds and four assists. We can't forget about that. I mean, granted, like, he, you know, if the Wizards are interested in moving them, yeah, like, mm. you know, get King, you know, give the give the Kings a call. <laughs> like, yeah. honestly, we wouldn't we wouldn't mind him. Like he he would provide a lot of depth to a, a, a position in need for sure. I think mm-hmm. um, as yeah, Harold Harold on the other end, like he was good. He was basically the bright spot for this team other than Bradley Beal, maybe. But yeah, uh, maybe I shouldn't be as salty about this trade. But I mean. So what the, I'm, I still am a little bit, but after this game, eh, maybe it's not the worst thing that this trade didn't go through. Although, you know, you, you, you would have, we would have, you know, not have to deal with Buddy. Although Buddy was good this game, but you know, we wouldn't have to deal with that drama. Yeah, we're just tossing away the scale right now. Oh, this way or that way. Okay. Well, anyways, let, let's talk about the players. Fox like had 28 points and four assists, I believe. And yeah, four assists. Um, no steals and no blocks. I thought he had at least like two steals, but I guess not. But he had a very good game. He looked like a star this game. Like just got to the rim whenever he wanted uh, and just attacked relentlessly. And he usually would end up getting getting a bucket or drawing a foul. Like he was what 10 for 16 this game. You know, he was efficient and effective. In, in his minutes like he was he looked like a star he's looked like he's finally found his groove mm-hmm. one thing i did like about fox this game is that he only shot one three and even though it didn't go in i mean i would rather not him shoot many threes than just attempting a few to be honest and another thing from fox in my opinion is yeah his free throw percentage is still 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 kind of iffy i think he needs uh, to work on that a little more I mean, like, I, I've heard many stories about just the free throw thing. Like, 
you know, um, back in the day, Shaq and Dwight Howard would say that in practice, they would always shoot like 80% from the free throw line. But, mm-hmm. you know, if we watch the games, they shot around 50% pretty much for their <laughs> career. Pretty much, yeah. And like the thing with that is that it, they are, it, free throws mostly is our mental. And I think I've heard stories about De'Aaron, kind of the same thing. It's like he shoots like 80, 90% in practice, but just doesn't just not able to hit them in the game and same thing with his threes there there are so many videos of james hampson like showing that he is on he is he doesn't miss from three in practice but like the reality is there's a sh- shooting uh for the most part like when you're at this and when at the nba level is a lot of mental a lot of mental focus and he doesn't really have it uh, i guess right now and he's gonna need to find a way to remove that mental block somehow and you know, like Lord knows, maybe one day he'll just figure it out. But as it stands right now, it's all it's all in his head, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, Halliburton just kind of did his thing, dimed up guys. He made he made a lot of plays. He had a very Draymond Green esque stand line in that basically he did a bunch of shit. He got eight points, eight assists, or eight no eight rebounds and nine assists, and three steals and three blocks. So, yeah, it's basically a Draymond Green stat line where he was just doing everything out there. Oh, yeah. It's also too bad that, you know, his three-point shots weren't coming down. But, you know, we got the win. (laughs) I I said Draymond Green, except I don't think Draymond would shoot six. I think it would be like two. (laughs) But, like, yeah, but just the perfect kind of Draymond Green stat line. And just, yeah, he. I mean, he he was out there, like, the thing with him is even when his shot's not going down, the threat of him scoring will always be there, and he needs to utilize that more. Like, you know, I know his threes weren't falling, but it's still kind of, there's still the threat of him making it. And then, like, there's the thing with, you know, his pick and roll game. Even though he doesn't score that well from that, kind of, like, he, he's a get-to-a-spot kind, kind of guy, and he didn't even yeah. do it that much this game. But, like, the threat of that floater kind of draws the defense and opens up the the uh, layup for pretty mainly just Alex Len and yeah Alex Len and Tristan Thompson this game like that's how those guys were able to score and you know that doesn't that doesn't always show up in the box score but like Halliburton again just does shit out there even though it may not show on the box score. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. No, yeah. Well, the only thing. Oh, yeah. I have another note. The only thing I, I really want from it is to utilize that scoring threat more and honestly just score a little bit more. To this game, he actually tried. Like, the 0 of 6 from 3, like, those were all good shots and, like, shots I would live with. There was one, like, pull-up and transition that was a bit eh, but honestly, if he just does that once a game, I don't mind that. Like, because guess what? If, if he doesn't do it, it's going to go to Buddy. <laughs> and I'd rather yeah. Buddy not do it anymore. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like, I, I, do, I didn't mind that shot. If You know, if he's just aggressive, good things happen he's he's brilliant on the basketball court and he needs to understand that he is a huge threat out there yeah let's hope so i mean let's see so if he only shot six threes that means he attempted six field goals so yeah i mean maybe we'll see a little more uh hopefully within the paint because yeah he was like you said his folder was there he pretty Pretty much the defensive hitting the paint for the Wizards is god awful because we Fox was able to get in there, Davion was able to get in there, even Tyrese. So, yeah, really good game for them. I mentioned to you that, um, this during the game, like 
if the tra- if the Wizards ever need another center, I mean, need a center, <laughs> we got a lot sitting on our sitting here. Just like Damian Jones, I love him, and he, I think he should play more. But like Damian Jones is right there if, you, if they want him. Like, and you know, like you know, maybe that'll open up a spot for uh, Nimi. For all we know. By the way, Halliburton shoots like four, shoots thirty nine point five percent from three. He should take more. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. a thought. Yeah. Um. Anyways, moving on. Harrison Barnes. Now, Harrison Barnes has been in a bit of a funk since he's gotten back. He had a good game during the Magic game, but honestly, everyone had a good game during the Magic game, so didn't really count. But like, since he's gotten back, he hasn't been great. He got he was silent. I don't think he did anything at the Cleveland game, and then was pretty bad in the Raptors game. Just got just got. I don't want to say punked, but like just. It basically got outplayed, to say the least, with all that length that was out there. And in this game, it was it wasn't the same thing, but through the first three quarters, he only shot four shots, made two of them for four points, was really quiet. Although one of those plays was a dunk on Kuzma, but like he was pretty quiet. You didn't really notice him all that much out there, and he was just kind of just almost floating to a certain degree. Of course, he's out there playing tough defense. He had to guard um, Bradley Beal for quite a few possessions. But, like, overall, you didn't really even notice him out there. Yeah. But in the fourth. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I don't know if it's because, you know, uh, we didn't make plays for him or something. But, yeah, you know, (laughs) go on. But in the fourth, so this is basically the play. He kept, so I believe it was an offensive rebound. They, um, Barnes is wide open up top. They get it to him. He hits a three, and you there's and you can probably look it up. Like you can see like his relief, the relief on his face, on his face, and the relief in his body language. Just the again, the weight of the world just went off his shoulders. And then afterwards. He gets the, he, you know, he calls for the ball in the post. He gets the switch. He drives. He he draws a foul. Oh, and then the next play, does it again. Draws another foul. Scores on an and one. All of a sudden, he wakes back up alive. Scores 15 points in the fourth. Four of six from the field. Six of six from the free throw line, and was basically the catalyst for the the huge comeback that we the Kings went on in the fourth quarter to basically put the game away, to put, you know, Fox in position, uh, Halliburton in position, and Davion all in position to basically finish out that game. And it looks like he's finally kind of, again, the weight of the world is off his shoulders, for this game at least, let's see if he carries it. And he, and you know, he kind of shows you like, when he is on, like the Kings are a, can be a very good and interesting team because He's kind of that foundation that kind of kind of makes it so much easier for everyone when he's aggressive and he's hitting shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's hope we see more of him, Mr. Reliable. Mr. Reliable, the Black Falcon is back, at least for this game. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> but, okay, um, let's move on to Davion. Davion got his first start, was pretty good. A six of 13 from the field, one for four from three. And, you know, was played his usual great defense. Also had five assists, so like, he was playmaking out there, too. Like, he played his usual brand of defense. The only the only thing I, I will say is that I wish he was on Bradley Beal a lot more. They finally put him on Bradley Beal in the fourth. 
and he may he may like difficult. Like even when you know Bradley Beal gets to a spot, he he still missed the shot because of just all the pressure that um, Davion puts on ball handlers. Like he is he is really just the real deal on that end. And you know, again, the only thing I wish is that he's on those ball handlers a little bit more throughout the game. I don't know if he can sustain it throughout like you know through four quarters, but like when they put him on. Like, the only issue is that a lot of times when they do put on in the fourth, the game's already out of reach a lot of the time, and the guy's already feeling it. So, like, there's only so much Davion can do. But in this case, you know, it ended up working out. Oh, yeah. I mean, to be honest, it felt like uh, Davion only guarded Beal for a few possessions compared to how much Buddy has um, throughout this game. But uh, I'm just hoping that in the future that will put yeah like you said Davion on more bat ball handlers and buddy on someone else to be honest because it seems like it's been a trend ever since the start of the season to be fair like in the fourth at least it the only time buddy was on peel was when they switched and that's to a certain degree yeah. fine. but there were a number of possessions where i'm like you guys can switch back you guys know you can switch back right <laughs> like it's not it's not like you know bradley Beal's like driving down your throat he's he's waiting for the switch and you guys just let him switch um switch buddy onto him and yeah it's just is there there's some situation you can you can switch back you're allowed to do that and but like you know, on a switch, a, a switch on a buddy isn't terrible because at least you run a little bit of clock. And, you know, once you're on the clock, you never know. Like, the guy might be a little bit nervous and might miss the shot. But, like, I don't know. We'll, we'll get to it. But I don't know why Buddy was on field as much as he was during the game. Um, Alex Len was overall pretty solid. You know, he always provides a level of toughness out there. He is a guy that is not afraid to you know punk punk guys if, if, they, if they if they're not you know um tough and he actually got some really crucial stops early in the fourth to kind of get the kind of get the comeback going like he had one a pretty mean block on uh was it daniel gafford that basically sparked the uh sparked the comeback a little bit if you, you want to like look at it that way uh yeah i'd say it's so i mean of course he uh played a really good game yeah, a solid game. He doesn't always score that much, but he does like rebound and again provides a level of toughness that no other than Tristan Thompson, although Tristan like his body just can't do it as like well as Alex Len can. Like mm-hmm. he, he really does provide a level of toughness and just rebounding out there. You know, and, and you know, in the absence of Rashawn. Oh yeah. Okay, let's move on to Metu. Metu was pretty up and down for the most part. The thing with him is always that, you know, he's such a hit or miss player because of just the kinds of shots he takes. Like mm-hmm. someday, sometimes it goes in, sometimes it doesn't. But in this game, you know, en- enough went down where I wasn't as kind of like, you know, side side eye look at him. Like he had two crucial threes that were pretty crucial and kind of again like during during the end of quarters when the kings kind of like you know came back and kind of kept the game interesting or close enough for them to come back in the fourth like uh, metu hit crucial shots to kind of keep the mm-hmm. kind of keep the uh kings within reach uh towards the end and yeah like he provided an offensive punch and he always plays tough defense 
he might not be the best defender out there, but he can he makes hustle plays and he can actually make plays like recover for chase down blocks or you know strips. He like again, he's a guy I always say just cherishes the minutes he doesn't get and tries to make the most of his opportunities when he gets to play. Mm-hmm. And you know, for his offense, I feel like uh, he's more of like that, that kind of guy that we need to set up more. Um, and luckily throughout this game, like. Like we said our offense was more um, passing, so uh, yeah, it's nice to see that Metsu got a pretty nice uh, box score. Yeah, like again, there was a little bit more movement that I like to see. And I remember one of the biggest surprises last year. It was during the Memphis game, towards the end of the season, that we ultimately end up losing uh, and getting kicked out of the play-in. Was a, a, a play with Justin James. It was a regular kind of like pin down screen uh, for, I forgot who he was screening for, but he slips the screen and he cuts back door. And I was amazed that holy shit, someone actually cut back door for an easy layup. And <laughs> in this game, Metsu had his own version where he, Halliburton drove in his direction. His, his man, Metsu's man gets sucked in and Halliburton hits him for, for a dunk. Mm-hmm. Like there is movement. There's a progression there. Something is happening. And like, you know, that's that was good to see. Like, let's see if this maintains. It was good for this game. And again, it very much just could be the Wizards defense is terrible. But, you know, for one game, it this this looked really good. Oh yeah. Actually, I forgot. Was he part of the health and safety protocol? He was Names? not. I don't think he okay. was on that list. No. Yeah, I, oh man, I, I already forget. There's there's too many players in that list uh, I forgot. Uh, again, as I remind you, 52 this just this month. And I, be- yeah. I don't even know what the number is in the past few days. Like, even today, honestly. Like, today. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, it's uh, it, it's been it's been tough. Uh, hopefully, everyone is okay, and you know, speedy recovery to everyone. And hopefully, they've been vaccinated and not have to go through like all the kind of like after effects of COVID. Oh yeah. Okay, another guy that I, I really want to talk about is Mo Harkless. Now, you know, Mo Harkless is a weirdly polarizing figure on King's Twitter. It, it seems to happen. This seems to happen always with defensive wings. Uh, like Trevor Ariza went through the grinder when he was here. And, uh, you know, we had guys like, you know, Willie Colley Stein and those guys. But Mo Harkless, like, he hadn't played much since basically he got injured and Alvin took over as coach. Primarily, the reason that I, that I hear is that he doesn't space the floor. And you can't play him as the five. And you know, unless unless you know you're a center, and yeah, unless you're a center, you're not going to play the five usually. Like you know, Alvin's even been reluctant to play Marvin at the five. So the gist of it is that he's a guy that doesn't space the floor and can't and you know cannot play the five. So he so unfortunately that means that he usually can't play. But what I've always argued is that he might not space the floor, but he might be able to provide you something on defense, like maybe stop the leakage somewhere. And, you know, and I don't think it's a coincidence that the, this one of the games he gets a little, a few more minutes in, defense looks competent. And, you know, the, the defense for the Kings wasn't great all throughout the game, but there were spurts, like in those comebacks where they really kind of locked up on defense, made plays, forced turnovers, got blocks, 
and steals and it kind of le- and it led to a run out i don't think it's a coincidence that happens when mo harkless is playing mm-hmm. i mean he really deserves the meds too and to be honest i kind of forgot uh what guys he was guarding well like even even if you don't like you know even if you don't even if he doesn't make a play on the guy he's guarding, he's a he's crazy ridiculous long, and like he's a great help defender. Although he does kind of like overhelp a lot of the time and mm-hmm. relies too much on his length, but like it, you just have that guy out there that just kind of disrupts the the opponent's offense. It can make things happen, and I just think like he should play more. I know the spacing is an issue, but like even then, like if you can just t- like run some actions to get people moving like he can be effective he's a good cutter mm-hmm. yeah definitely our help defense needed some help in this game yeah okay let's let's get to tristan thompson tristan thompson was incredible this game now he had 15 points a lot of those points were just off hustle buckets and you know unfortunately this just stands out to me he he, cl- he cleaned up a lot of buddies me- buddies messes. Marvin had been getting really good at that also, where like Buddy just hasn't been hitting as many shots, so like there's just more to clean up. And Tristan Thompson did a good job of that. He was also a, a good role man for Tyrese Halliburton. And the hustle plays that I mentioned earlier that got the Kings going and ca- and kind of and was the key factor in the comeback, like. He got a lot of those hustle buckets when the Kings were, again, down 12, down 8, down 10. And then by the end of the quarter, they would get, you know, cut the lead down to 5 or 3 or 7. Like, he was a big catalyst in all of those runs by just getting hustle buckets. He's always good for one offensive rebound a game. And or he's always good for a few just random fouls where he's just fighting to get the offensive rebound and draws a loose ball foul on the other team. Like he was out there. It's basically one of his. This was the kind of the better version of Tristan, where you have him out there making plays. You have him out there, you know, out hustling, out hustling guys, out rebounding guys, and also being able to score as well. A game high plus twenty two. Oh, yeah. And there was that one point where, you know, he told the team, like, hey, let's slow down and make some plays because there was a point where we were trying to play fairly quickly and try to get, you know, buckets in. And during that little stint, we weren't getting buckets. But, you know, Tristan, you know, told the team to slow down. Halburn made some plays and we got the bucket. Yeah. uh, Again, he just he. You know, he is kind of the veteran of this team. Like, you know, got, you know, we always bring up his name, Iman Shumpert. Just that locker room leader that, you know, tries to, who uses all of his experience of being on the LeBron championship teams um, <laughs> to kind of just, you know, guide this team and try to guide this team in the right direction. And that's kind of what he, that's what he tries to do. Now, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's more on the players he's trying to coach than it is anything to do with Tristan. But like in this game, you know, it seemed to work. And he, again, he was good. He was hitting his shots too and hitting his free throws. So like, you know, that was a, that was a big bonus as well. Again, game high plus 22. Okay. Okay. Last guy we'll, we'll go over, um, Buddy Heel. Now, Buddy Heel was overall good this game. He did miss a few open ones that frustrate me just because it, it's it's weird how sometimes he hits contested ones and like, you know, those haven't been going down either as well. 
Like he had some contested ones this game. He had a few open ones, but he does. Some of his misses are just confusing in that they're so wide open. They're in rhythm, and like they just don't go down. And you know, with all of his other mistakes, like that start to pile up, it's hard to play him a lot of the time. But in this game, I thought he was overall okay. The one wish, I, the one thing that we that I really wish he did less of, and we've talked about this for years at this point. I just wish he would dribble less. I just wish the the offense wouldn't require him to dribble, and instead just have him do what Duncan Robinson always does. If like if he catches the ball and he doesn't have a have an open look, that he passes it to the big man and they run another handoff. I wish they would do that more often than instead of him dribbling the ball waiting for a screen and running a pick and roll it's just it's not really he's he's not good at it it's, he simply isn't and it's not, shouldn't be his his go-to his go-to should be again the Duncan Robinson like mm-hmm. you don't get a shot off or the Kyle Korver you don't like you catch the ball you're not open pass it back to the big man and he'll run a dribble dribble pitch with you he'll run the handoff with you and that's how you get the open shot mm-hmm. that's yeah, what you should do more of yeah, those those few plays during the first half with him was like just him trying to make something. And you know, yeah, like you said, we gotta slow or not just only slow it down, but also you know, he needs to pass. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, he is a I, okay. I'm gonna say this: he's a decent passer. I wouldn't say he's the greatest passer. He's a decent passer, and we know that. And, you know, I'm hoping we could set up plays like that uh, with him as being that guy that lures people in, too. But I guess we'll see how Doug uh, makes plays for him then. I mean, to his credit, he has been taking less of those contested, like, you yeah. know, those like really contested, the guys like directly on top of him. And like you in the like in the middle of the kind of earlier in the season, he would actually shoot that. But now if he'll he has a better sense of he's not going to get an open shot mm-hmm. and he is actually trying to pass it to his credit. Now, the decision making isn't always perfect. Sometimes he hesitates to pass it and like it kind of kills the offense. But he is trying to make a concerted effort to do so. Now, of course, the passes themselves are an adventure, but like it's something he's trying to do at least. Well, I guess we shall see whether or not we uh, make something out of this or, you know, potentially trade. Okay. Well, after all that, that's basically our summary of the game. Um, The Grizzlies games will be tomorrow. And, you know, just a little reveal, we will be at that game. So we won't be publishing an episode right after. We'll probably be doing the next day. And, uh... You know, well, hopefully it still happens because with all these health and safety protocols, at least it seems to have stopped now in terms of like people being on that list or being added to that list. So it looks like the game will occur Um, as it stands right now. Hopefully, like, you know, no more health and safety protocol um, announcements because we don't like hearing about, you know, people getting sick. And hopefully, like, you know, it's a good game. Uh, Hopefully we don't go to another blowout. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, that's all we have for this episode. Um, We'll catch you guys back after the Grizzlies games, um, the the day after the Grizzlies game, I mean. Uh, Well, I guess we'll see you guys later.